everybody. Welcome to the Melissa and Devin Show, where we're always unscripted, raw, and unedited. Come on, be a fly on the wall while we're bitching in the kitchen about current events, politics, family matters, and relationships. A natural path. Yes. But yeah, so with Matt going and just being like, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine, every doctor's appointment, everything. No. False. So. Things are not fine. Well, if you're symptomatic with no set like pinpoint to oh he fell it could be a cracked rib healing that's why he's having chest pain that's why he's having a headache he has an undiagnosed injury if that's not the case and your traditional medical system of um because i will never call it healthcare because it is the anti-healthcare so the medical system in you know white coats who don't even wear white coats anymore because they don't even look like professionals anymore. But that's a whole other (laughs) side topic. They will never, ever suggest that you look at alternative therapies. In fact, I had, um, I was having some serious issues with um, skin problems. Little rashes here, little hivey bumps there, you know, itchy spots for no reason, no marks, no nothing, but itchy, like itchy to the point I'd make myself bleed and went to my doctor, went to, um, got a referral, went to a dermatologist, dermatologist sent me to an allergist, go to the allergist. Okay. So now we're, we're billing the government for three appointments that were completely unnecessary because it had nothing to do with allergies or dermatology but you can't get to anybody until you go see your GP first and they have to bill and then they get paid for the referral as well. So that's a whole other topic. But anyway, the um, allergy specialist said very clearly to me, what sort of things are you doing for it? As in what kind of cream, what kind of whatever am I taking? Medicine, antihistamines, yada. I said, I'm uh, using um, a natural salve that I buy at a health food store. It helps with the itchiness and it also helps when like the, the rashy flare-ups start. It kind of helps tame it so it's not quite so noticeable because I was getting it all over my back and all over my chest and like it was everywhere. In the summertime it was horrific. So <clears throat> he did um, their standard of tests. Well, Funny, funny, their standard of tests is the exact same allergy test that I had done when I was six years old. I'm now 43. So the same clinic, the same allergy specialist did the same test on the same person from like 35 years prior 35 years prior they did the simple scratch test on my arm they did not offer to do um, a cheek swab for the inside of my mouth because your epithelial cells are incredibly different in a in a wet environment as in your internal side versus your external dermis So you didn't even swab, you didn't take a nose swab. Like 
one of the main symptoms of an allergic reaction is mouth tongue dryness swelling, nasal either mucus over secretion or mucus lack of secretion, so too dry, too wet. Your eyes run in crust or go red and bloodshot and itchy. So all of these magical symptoms that your body tells you there's something wrong, they completely dismiss and they do a scratch test on my forearm, testing for things that are interrupting my internal problem. I'm not really sure what type of medicine that is, but guess what comes back? Oh, the same thing that happened when I was seven. I have a dust allergy, I have a sensitivity to ragweed and hay. And I said to the nurse, because it's not even the doctor that does it, it's the nurse. I said, did you test me for dairy? Because that was in my paperwork that I am having some symptoms that could be related to cow's milk protein or, or whey. Could you do that? Oh, well, it wasn't ordered. I said, okay. It was in the initial paperwork from the dermatologist that sent me here. Because I had said to the dermatologist, these are triggering. Mm -hmm. Didn't order the dairy. Guess what they did? They literally went, got their little whey protein little sample, and then did the same scratch on my arm. Inconclusive, she tells me. Inconclusive on dairy. I said, well, let me tell you what would be conclusive. Go get me a glass of milk. I'll drink it and let's see what happens in 20 minutes. Breakouts. Puffing, bloating, gurgling, intestinal dysfunction, possibly diarrhea, possibly intense gas pain. My ears get itchy inside. I get like almost like an eczema type reaction in my ears around the corners of my eyes. And you're telling me that it's inconclusive based on your scratch test of my arm. Yeah, they just have zero intention of actually wanting to make you better. It's just, that's someone else's problem. Here's oh, a cream. Not sure. Yeah. Here's a cream. I said, I don't want your cream, thank you. I don't actually want you to write me a script for anything because your findings, you're telling me are inconclusive, and I'm telling you, your test is, is inconclusive. Your test is not set up to actually test anything. You should be asking for a stool sample. You should be taking a a saliva sample. You should be looking at my eyes, at the secretion in my nose. You should be checking under my fingernails. Like you should be looking where, where things produce and grow like bacteria and fungi and all these lovely things that grow in our world. No, no. Couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. Not even part, it's not even the can't be bothered. It's that they're not educated to do those things. So the failure is in the medical colleges and universities that are failing to educate on the actual roots of problem. They are being educated on diagnose and deliver script it's not anything to do with health 
Well, it's how they get paid. Of course. Right? Write a prescription, take this pill, I yep. get paid. Everyone gets paid that way. Because mm-hmm. not only are we now mass producing a bunch of medical quote-unquote professionals who have very low-scope knowledge of anything to do with actual health, but they aren't even properly able to diagnose. So what do we need them for? Which takes us back to naturopath, mm-hmm. who in most societies, including our own, are still considered to be quacks. Yeah. And it's also, if you can't pay, it's off the table completely. Mm-hmm. So you're solely relying on, like, the idea of people treating their doctor like gods mm-hmm. makes me crazy. Of just being like, well, even when it comes to my health and fitness and nutrition, mm-hmm. In seven years, you get a week, a week of nutrition training as a GP. So you don't know anything. And instead of being like, maybe you should try this, maybe you should work out, instead of giving like antidepressive meds to everyone and anyone on the planet, why don't you go for a walk? Why don't you work out? Why don't you hire a trainer? And like, and again, I'm not saying all antidepressants. Some people need them, that's fine, but like mm. the mass majority of people are like sleep meds. You don't need sleep medication. Go for work a jog. Out. Yeah, work <laughs> out. Like, or meditate or do your, anything to actually like calm down your system yes. enough to shut off and shut off your devices. It's hard to sleep when you're staring at your phone or watching TV for three hours before you go to bed. Your brain is stimulated. Mm-hmm. Of course you're not sleeping well, right? Manage your stress levels. What are you putting in your body? All of these things that like have nothing to do yeah. with needing a prescription and taking medication. But no, those are never the first options people are given. It's take this, I'll see you in six to eight weeks. And the people blindly following that and being like, I trust my doctor wholeheartedly. They have my best interest at heart. They don't. They do not. I assure you they don't. No. Um, Yeah. So, like, when you go in, like, Matt went in, called the ambulance thinking he's having a heart attack. Yeah. Multiple eMERGE visits. At what age? Just what age is Matt? 37. Okay. So, 37. For context, Melissa's husband is Matt. He's 37. Yes. (laughs) He's going to die when he hears this too. That's okay. But 37, calling the ambulance, think, perfectly healthy human otherwise. I mean, has an autoimmune disease, but heart health-wise, fit, no problems. Nothing that we would need to be worried about necessarily. Sitting at home one night, having dinner, we're going to watch a hockey game. Boom. Feels like he's going to have a heart attack. Yelling at me to call an ambulance. And I'm like, just get in the truck. I'll drive you to a merch. No, call an ambulance. Like, you know it's serious when this guy could, like, cut off an arm and be like, it's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah, we're no, good. No, this is not fine. So get to Emerge, spend hours at Emerge, every test imaginable, can't find anything. Go back again. Incredible pain. Incredible, outrageous symptoms. No, we can't find anything. Go to your GP. He can't find anything. All the blood work comes out normal. Any test, any symptoms, go to the cardiologist. No, everything looks great. 
Now we're at the naturopath route to be like, you know what? There's you cannot tell me any of these. I'm having a heart attack symptoms. Mm -hmm. Something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And not only is there something wrong clearly with his health or whatever's triggering this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, how many types of medications did they want to put him on for this? Oh my God. So, so many. Uh, even when he got a little bit of backstory we'll get into, but when he was finally diagnosed with his autoimmune disease and they couldn't figure it out, his doctor kept trying to push antidepressants and stuff. And it was like, no, 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 no. That's not the problem. I just need you to find out what's wrong with me. I don't need an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. But it was just, that was the easiest thing. Like, oh, you're stressed out? Well, yeah, I'm stressed out because there's something wrong with my health. We can't figure it out. It took six months to get a diagnosis for his autoimmune disease, and it's HLA-B27. It's so rare. That is the actual strain of the gene itself. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, six months just to find that out. But here, let's, let's put you on these pain meds. Let's put you on these anti-inflammatory so naproxen um the pain meds that you know rot your stomach yeah chew up um, your natural gut biome yep mm -hmm. and weren't even helping in pain relief you know what helps with pain relief cbd of course then not yeah cbd without thc yes just, just straight cbd, CBD. Yeah, the cannabinoids yeah so unreal I have also some autoimmune issues by way of family genetics, bless. Um, my, I don't know if I've actually been diagnosed because I got to a point with my medical practitioner that he kind of threw his hands in the air and I mm. just basically said to him, well, based on lack of evidence of other things, as in MRI, CAT scans, x-rays, repeated blood testing, you name it. <clears throat> Based on lack of evidence that there's anything showing up on this gamut of tests that you've now built the government for on my behalf, thank you, I guess we have to like eliminate the fact that, okay, I don't have rheumatoid arthritis, I don't have broken hands. I don't have a torn, uh, anything torn in my neck or my collarbone or my shoulder or my upper back. So there's no, what they consider a, an injury that has created long-term damage. Um, I have masses of inflammation, um, kind of what they said is chronic tendonitis, which again is just another way of saying inflammation. Okay. And they couldn't come up with anything else so based on symptoms alone and lack of evidence to support anything further we both kind of went well maybe it could be fibromyalgia because there's a history in my family and it would go hand in hand with kind of an assortment of symptoms but again you know what he wanted to give me some crazy drug that creates suicidal thoughts, disrupted sleep, potential for um, 
What was the other thing? Oh, potential for abdominal bleeding. Uh, potential for ha- ha- elevated uh, heart um, blood pressure. So then that would then put me on another medication to control that. And um, I said, no, thanks. And he said, I'm not surprised because, well, we've had enough conversations over the years that he kind of knows my train of thought when it mm-hmm. comes to medications. But yeah, so that's how it ended. And that was four years ago, five years ago. And um, things flare up. I get, I get what I call a flare up because most people call it a flare. I get like flare ups and usually it's because I've done something that I probably shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Um, overexerted haven't been getting good sleep, um, stress levels high, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, I may be achy or can't sleep or whatever for a few days and it kind of balances itself out. I, mm-hmm. I take better care of myself when I notice things happening and it will come back around. But yeah, like let's take a pharmaceutical that could cause you to want to kill yourself because you have an ache and a pain in your joints or your shoulder or your back or your knee or whatever yeah and And how many people are just so quick to do that blindly trusting Mm -hmm. most people i find don't even know this or the oh my gosh that word side effects yeah oh they don't even know they just oh i take this my doctor put me on it do you know why you're on it do you know the effects yeah. The other t- thing, too, that is so <laughs> in the other direction here, but these doctors still, you could be on the same medication for 30 years and nobody questions it. Yeah. Do you need to still be taking this specific medication that you've been taking for 30 years? Without like, being reevaluated? Yeah. Like you have to be your own self-advocate of just being like you know what Mm -hmm. i need to question this you should be questioning everything like should i be on this if you're on sleeping meds and you've been on them for 30 years maybe we should reevaluate like yep but again you well i'll use my doctor as the example you get one question per visit yes you go in it's very um, things have changed whereas years ago it used to be they knew your whole family they knew what you did for a job they knew everything because everything mm-hmm. affects your well-being right now it's just tell me what the problem is I'm going to solve it get out of my office yep and right? I'm billing the Ontario government $330 for that one of question of course mm-hmm. yeah um, so there's no questioning. There's no looking at people's charts. There's no looking at things as a whole. It's just, oh, your arm hurts? Cool. Let's look at that. Now get out. Yeah. Yep. It's absolutely astonishing to me, which will tie into a bunch of other things that I'm sure we'll talk about, but the lack of questioning and the lack of people taking accountability for their own health, um, the way they choose to live. And the nonsense that they they tell themselves um, in their day-to-day. Like, oh, I'm going to drink diet Pepsi because drinking regular Pepsi is not good for me. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they're vastly both not good for you in any facet. And in opposite ways. So the... But these are the things 
that we tell ourselves. And it a lot of it comes from our exposure to media, our exposure to commercials, mm. our exposure to magazine ads and click posts and what are they called? Clickbait. The clickbaits mm-hmm. and the the constant advertisement barraging in our face, every commercial, every sporting event, every everything. You know, it's the whole brought to you by Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> If anything is brought to you me by Pfizer, I want to get rid of it as quickly as I possibly can from my space. Because people whose livelihoods, their incomes, and the way they feed their family is based off poisoning people and getting off scot-free for it or with a little slap on the wrist in by way of a fine mm-hmm. or in Canada where you can't even sue for malpractice... You can't have any accountability to the doctors, the surgeons, these quote-unquote professionals. There is zero accountability. So under that, the guise of, like, the food pyramid. Oh, bless! (laughs) The food pyramid alone, in my mind, is the perfect example of how medical and bureaucracy... And the, the feeders, we'll call them the feeders, as in the grain industry, the dairy industry, the egg producers, the feeders. Um, I'm not calling them farmers because farmers are a whole other ballgame. Vastly different. The feeders. So the feeders, the pharma, and the medical industry, along with the education system. And the government. And the government. All just bind together. Everyone makes money, and the citizens of this country all lose in that little, that little prism that they have put together. And anytime you want to shine light into a prism, it refracts and bounces back in your eyes because we aren't allowed to see what's happening within that in that space. That yeah, they have how created. dare you question what we're doing and if it's good for you or not? Um, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, who needs 12 servings of grain a day? Who? I assure you, no one. Unless you were, like, this crazy Olympic athlete. Yeah. At the peak of training. Oh, my gosh. No, it's designed, basically, A, as the biggest moneymaker and the biggest facade on the planet. But in that circle of life of keeping you sick. Yeah. And keeping you on the hamster wheel of like, oh, now you're addicted to processed foods. Now you're addicted to sugar. And then if you stop eating these things, you're going to be sick. Like, it's wild to think, like, we live in a society now that, like, if you eat clean, healthy foods that are good for you, Mm -hmm. instead of it just being, like, what you should be doing and fueling your body properly, Mm -hmm. it's called dieting. (laughs) It's not fucking dieting. It's just eating well. It's eating the food we should be eating that is not highly processed mm-hmm. and full of shit. And sprayed with Monsanto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and genetically modified so that every yeah. every field you drive past, you know, where where we live, we are in farm country. Yes. So every field right now, if you go for a drive out, out beyond the city limits, it's numbered fields 
Guess what those numbers are, kids? Those numbers directly relate back to the genetic specification of that seed and that pesticide and that agent used to mess up the soil, which they call fertilizer, mess up the seed, which they call genetic modification, and mess up the chemicals that they spray on it, which they call insecticides and pesticides and herbicides. So basically, they now have a field full of chemicals growing in a cesspool of chemicals, and they want us to pull over on the side of the road and buy them and call it fresh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Organic. (laughs) Good for you. How is your chemical soup, corn, apples, tomatoes, cucumbers, whatever you're growing, how is your chemical soup concoction ever deemed fresh? Just because you picked it today, that doesn't make it fresh. Well, and the other thing too is, I mean, when you spray, these people are wearing hazmat suits masks, everything. They cannot go in their field for two days. Yet here we are. It's being sold to us and we're to eat it? Yeah. Like, oh. What's wrong with you, Melissa? Eat the poison corn. Yeah, how dare you question what we're doing? Because how dare you? The poison corn is going to do what to your natural biome in your stomach? It's going to mess you up. Because then when it messes you up, You're going to go to the pharmacy or you're going to go to your doctor and you're going to say, I'm having stomach issues. I can't poop. I get bloated. I feel bad. I don't feel good. And you eat enough of that chemical soup produce and you're going to end up sick. Mm -hmm. You will end up with some sort of autoimmune because your, your own natural bioculture has gone for a shit yeah it can't it can't support it no and even if you're eating all your greens and you're kaling your life away you are eating chemical soup and even that kale that you're putting in your smoothie yeah unless you grew it from heirloom seed in your own yard and didn't spray and didn't use miracle grow for your starter mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it actually. It's funny because we have that this year we did a garden and then what we'll do is we'll take seeds from everything from this year mm-hmm. and then rotate it into next year. And more and more we're weeding ourselves off of this genetically modified mm-hmm. the more we're not doing that. And it's actually frowned upon because these farmers, God forbid, if they wanted to do that, their allowed. field would just burn down magically. Like <laughs> it would because they're not allowed. You get fines. No. Yeah. It's not supported. You can't sell your product then. Like it's mm-hmm. everything is so corrupt. Yes. So corrupt. But again, it's that government thing of like, let's keep the people sick. Let's keep the people yep. in line and just, you know, if we tell them enough that this is what is healthy for them and this is what's good. We brainwash enough people into thinking this is right and this is the way things should be. They believe us. They, oh. (laughs) Can you imagine, like, uh, I've been a skeptic, I feel, my entire life. And I've never fit the norm in my own family, and nor have I ever fit the norm kind of in my peer group or social circle. 
And it's interesting to me because at this stage of my game, at this age, um, now it's there. I feel there's more of me now that are speaking out and speaking up and learning and educating themselves and questioning. Fun. Yeah, like rightfully questioning and and looking for proper answers, not just the gaslighting nonsense answers that you get from the medical or get it from whoever, the feeders. And yet, there's still no answers or accountability. Because, you know, you heirlooming your seed, and I do the same, I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm bizarre. I'm, I'm a, they label everything, society labels. Oh, you're a witch. You do what? You make your own tincture, you're a witch. Oh, up in her, up in there with the cauldron and making her potions, and it's real. And this is what labeling, like this labeling, in our mainstream life, has gotten so excessive and so out of control. You know, if I want to, well, we were talking about castor oil. If I want to believe the actual legitimate science, which I mean is science, not actual word of mouth interpretation of what they want me to think, but if I go through medical research and actually read these papers and see how useful this this naturally occurring castor oil is for X, Y, and Z function, and I choose to use it for that function, and it works for me. Oh, heaven help us if I tell somebody about that and share my knowledge and experience because now I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy because I chose to do something offbeat or out of their norm. Totally out of the norm, yeah. So if I want to put castor oil on my dry lips instead of Blistex, that keeps your lips dry anyway, that dry oh. my lips out worse. Because then you become addicted to the Blistex and then you buy more Blistex, which creates more money, which increases their stock shares, which increases their shareholder bonuses at the end and makes more jobs for that company. So it's just this bouncing ball of bullshit. <laughs> it really is. Uh, amen. Yep. Yep. It's the bouncing ball of bullshit. Yes. Oh my God. That's a good tagline. <laughs> We'll call this episode. Right? I think that we just named our episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But the, and I'm sure in your background, doing fitness and health, your your take would be even more kind of whack. And how clients that come to you are probably like, well, I've been, I, I switched from, um, you know, two glasses of water today to eight. Well, good. Yay for you. Yep, and I'm drinking it right out of the tap. <laughs> and the anxiety level inside me goes right through the roof of being like, great, you're being poisoned, that's awesome. But I have to meet people a little bit of where they're at. Like, you can't scare people. Correct. But it's just the self-education. Like, mm-hmm. there's such a lack of personal accountability on any of this. So yes. yeah, I, I do tend to tread very lightly with clients and I give them the suggestions and the knowledge in bits and pieces here and there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm saying, you know, city water is poisoned 
Yes. And if you're not on a well, you need to get a filter for your water in the city and you need to do it immediately. Yes. Um, we'll get into that. But yeah, the other little things of just being like not realizing what you're putting in your body and how you're fueling it. Like just if you're going to work out like, oh, my doctor suggested I work out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, I take that and then take it like 12 layers deep. Mm-hmm as to what we can really do with your health and your overall wellness and everything. So, and we will dive into that, I'm sure, in another... Oh, I'm sure we In will another too. episode. But yeah, like, it's baby steps. But yeah, as far as just... Mm, we can talk about the water. You want to talk about the water? We can talk about the water. Go ahead. I Every single fiber of my being just screams every time someone says to me about drinking the water. Every time I hear it, every time I see people and their their recycling boxes out at the curb, and it's just jammed full of plastic water plastic bottles. water bottles. And again, baby step in the right direction because you're drinking what is claimed to be spring water versus municipal water. However, keep in mind those are claims, and you know. I could claim that ice cream is really good for me, but is it? No, ma'am. My rational brain should really kick in and say, ice cream is nice for a treat. And if you get a good quality ice cream and you, you know, don't overindulge, having, of course, it's fine. Absolutely. It's no different than having a glass of wine. Everything excessive becomes a crutch, and everything in a crutch, you will make excuses for why you want it. So that diet soda, or that bowl of ice cream, Mm -hmm. or drinking water out of a plastic bottle. Good for you for drinking the water. I will never take that away from anybody. However, doing like what you said, filter your municipal water or find somewhere in your area that has spring a spring-fed system where it's tested for contamination and go fill up your own water jugs. Mm-hmm. Now let's dive back. Let's just jump back a bit. Let's sure. explain to people what's wrong with the water to begin with. Because okay. I think if we don't educate people and explain yes, and why this going. is a problem, yes. because I think this is the first issue is people are just so unaware. Mm-hmm. So they're blindly just following I'm drinking suit. water. I'm drinking yep. water. It's what I'm supposed to be doing, which sure. it is. But let's explain to people what's in your city water. Mm. And be sure, like, do your own research. Please. Don't just take yeah. our word for it, but, no. like, this, Please. let's dive into that and yeah. explain to people what right. it is and why. Okay, so I'll, I'll cover the first one because it's the one I know about the best. So, fluoride. <clears throat> Makes me choke just saying it. So, fluoride and the addition of fluoride into municipal water treatment systems over the course of the last, say, 50 years. Um came to be because of a one of the chemical companies in the United States had this byproduct and this byproduct was um, becoming you know cumbersome and they it, this byproduct which is called fluoride um, came from them doing a different sort of chemical concoction which again people need to look this up because I'm terrible and I have a terrible memory so knowing names is a bad thing for me 
Um, so they had this chemical byproduct, and it, it they decided that there was going to be an additional benefit of this chemical byproduct product is that it hardens things. Well, with um, the introduction of sugar, <laughs> which is a whole other topic day, the introduction of sugar into the Western culture and our food sources. Um, processed sugar, to be clear. Processed sugar, yes, yes, processed sugar. So when processed sugar became a huge industry in the United States, uh, back in the day, the counterbalance of that was naturally tooth decay. And of course, back, you know, in the early 1900s and, and, and so forth, there, you know, dentistry was not really a thing. Um, I'm sure there was dentists, but it wasn't the thing like it is now where there's a dentist on every block. Another thing we'll get into. <laughs> yes, However, fluoride became like this wonderful thing that they thought would be a good hardener um, to harden up the teeth of, of the citizens in, in this town. And so they started experimenting and lo and behold, it actually showed that there was positive results. Well, then the chemical company made a deal with the government, the local government, and into the water system goes the fluoride. So now it has been adapted all across the US and Canada as a very sensible additive to help with tooth decay. Okay. So unpacking that a little bit, um, tooth decay primarily is caused by a few things. One of them is an unhealthy flora in your mouth. So when your bacteria levels um, get destroyed in your saliva, and of course saliva production comes from within, so if you're destroyed inside, you're going to be destroyed in your teeth as well. So. Um, excessively brushing your teeth or taking fluoride treatments or putting the tablets in your well water like our dentist suggested when my children were small um, isn't going to do a lick of good for anything to do with your natural healthy mouth that you're that you're born with um, obviously there's other factors people that are going through cancer treatments people that are on certain medications Tooth decay can be a side effect of that. Um, loose teeth can be a side effect of that. Dry mouth, which also can cause decay, can be a side of that. But if you are an average person, you have a healthy flora in your mouth and everything's operating properly, um, you do not need fluoride toothpaste. You do not need fluoride in your water. You do not need fluoride treatments at your dentist's office. You do not need these things. You do not need mouthwash. Mouthwash has alcohol in it. If it doesn't have alcohol in it, it has an alcohol, a um, synthetic type of alcohol, which basically converts into just a, another chemical in your mouth to make your breath fresh. But if you stopped using all the things that kill the natural bacteria inside your mouth and inside your esophagus and inside your gut, then your breath would stay fresh because your saliva, which is made to do a job which is to clean and um, clean and protect your gums tongue and teeth 
So if you're producing it naturally and you're not messing up it by putting all this chemical in your body, it will take care of itself. And if you get a little something stuck, well, there's toothpicks, there's floss, there's ways to take care of that. I'm an advocate of flossing. Floss is great. Um, brushing your teeth with a little bit of baking soda or make your own toothpaste out of like, there's lots of people that make natural toothpaste now out of charcoal, mm-hmm. out of um, salt minerals. There's all kinds of neat ways to, to get a little guck off your teeth because yeah, tartar does build up, of course. But if you're living healthy, you're feeding your body properly, you're eating nutritious food, um, you're not putting gross things into your body, you're not eating sugary food all the time, you are not drinking excessive amounts of acidic things like coffee, tea, wine, alcohol, um, and, and the latter, soda, soda, then your, your mouth will take care of itself. For the most part. Obviously, there's exceptions to everything. Don't bite my head off. But generally speaking, a healthy person that takes decent care of their body will have natural healthy teeth. There's my bitch about fluoride. I love it. <laughs> the chlorine in our water as well. Called, It's used as a disinfectant. But, you know, do we really need that? No, we don't. Well, I know when I was a child and I used to go for swimming lessons... What do they teach you? Keep your mouth shut. Don't drink the water. Yeah. And you open your eyes and they're doing nothing but burning. Like, yeah, that sounds safe to be ingesting. Like, come on. But again, we're, we're not questioning anything. It's just, mm-hmm. this is good for you. Don't ask questions. Shut up. Go along with it. End of discussion. So when yeah. we start to dive into a lot of this stuff, and we will actually question and we will unpack why things aren't as they appear yes like it's just i don't understand when people are like oh the government would never do anything wrong the government wouldn't do anything to you know be not in our best interest like that's such bullshit well it's not yeah the bullshit meter is off the chart but it's more of a we as a society have to really sit with ourselves we have to sit with our own selves and just ponder. Ask is, questions. Yes. Is what I'm being told, does it pass the, the eye test? Does it pass the smell test? Does it pass the hearing test? Because, you know, when you're a child, if someone hands you a baby duck and says it's a kitten, <laughs> you're going to look at them and go, oh, you're crazy. This is, a, this is a kitten. This isn't a duck. No, I'm telling you it's a duck. Kate, well, no, it's clearly a cat. It purrs, it has fur, it's got a tail and four feet. It has whiskers, it has little pointy ears. It's clearly a cat. No, I'm telling you it's a duck. And you're going to believe that it's a duck or I'm going to take that away from that duck away from you. And that's the principle that we're living in right now. If I say to you, that tap water right there in your kitchen is completely safe for you to drink. In fact, our municipality has an exceptional record of clean, municipally treated, very well sanitized, filtered, before it gets out to your tap, you are 100% safe to drink that water. And I say, 
Well, no, I'm not. Well, what do you mean? Well, because I know your system includes chlorinating. I know your system includes adding all of these chemical soups to my water, including fluorofluoride. Yep. I also know that every municipality that I am aware of, in our area at least, in Ontario, all have wastewater runoff problems. Mm. They all have people flushing medications down their toilets. They all have horrific numbers of um, people dumping into the sewers and the municipal waterways by way of chemicals, by way of, um, you know, leaving that rusty hunk of bolts car out in their backyard and they just happen to live beside a creek and that creek happens to feed into our municipal water. In our town, there has been an ongoing issue with leaky, faulty, old fuel tanks that are exactly one block from our main body of water in our town. Um, it has been an ongoing issue. It has not yet to be remediated. It has just been surface treated, Band-Aid on a bullet hole style. And yet they keep telling us that their multi-stage filtering process takes all these contaminants out. Well, I'm here to tell you, no, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I won't trust you because you're lying to me. And anything that smells like a rat is a rat. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just A, people need to do more homework and ask questions mm -hmm. and just stop blindly trusting. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much corruption now that ask some questions. Well, but and Which, demand. We're gonna dive into all of yeah. that. But yeah, demand better. You know, our our municipality is our first step of government. Yes. So if we have an issue like streets, pipes, oh we won't even get into pipes. The contamination that comes through the pipe system mm -hmm. in any town that's older than forty years old. And I don't know any town in Ontario that's younger than forty years no. old. Any any of these underground pipe systems that have been sitting under those ground for 40 plus years, they are not clean, people. <laughs> they are not without hazardous buildup. They are not without contaminants. They are not without rust. They are not without any type of corrosion. They are not without problems. And yet, the water that comes out of our kitchen faucet or bathroom faucet or whatever goes through those pipes. Mm -hmm. So never mind the junk that they put into it at the wastewater treatment facility. But then it sits in these um, neglected pipe infrastructures under all of our towns. How do you know those pipes are secure and not leaking? How do you know that there's not ground contamination leaching into that water that's sitting in that pipe? How far away do you live from the municipal treatment? two kilometers, three kilometers from here to our municipal water supply, two, three kilometers from mm -hmm. where we are. So that's two or three kilometers of underground pipes that you have no idea how well maintained they are, what the, what the composition of those pipes are, 
if there's any leaching from ground contamination into those pipes, if they don't have cracks in them, if there isn't rodents in those pipes, defecating in there, causing more contamination. It's horrendous that they just expect us to believe. It's, it's horrific. Everything's fine. Again, it's it's the educating or just bringing awareness to it as well. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, even probably 15 years ago, this would never have even been on my radar. <laughs> I'm telling you, but that really. That makes me like, happy that you're there now, though. But if that's me now, mm-hmm. it's now my job to heighten everyone else's awareness mm-hmm. and take it, it, take it or don't, but don't say you don't know now. Right? This is my key thing. Is it's one thing to not know. It's a whole nother level of thing to be ignorant to the information. Yes. So don't be sick. Don't be, you know, potentially poisoning your families and all of these things. And be like, oh, I didn't know. I don't know why my family's sick. I don't understand. Okay, well, the information's here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to spread this awareness. So... Yeah, ignorance is just a whole nother level. Like, not knowing. And that's why I'm fully, like, I... 15 years... I swear, I never would have even thought twice about it. Mm -hmm. It just... My thing is, oh, it tastes better out of a filter. And that's that. So that's what I'm doing. And then you do your homework, and then you find out, and then you're like, oh my gosh. Like, they're actually poisoning us. Yeah. And now I can't be ignorant about it. There's two very different levels. So I think, yeah, if there's one to not know, but if you do know where you do have this information, which I feel like is on a number of levels, on a number of topics, which we will cover. But yeah, there's too much ignorance. There's not enough accountability, personal accountability. Because mm-hmm. so. there would be, I can't even imagine the wave that would happen <clears throat> just municipally. If... People demanded better? Yes. Yes. If if our if the constituents of our town all just opened their eyes, as you said, did a little bit of research, a little bit of homework, called their town representatives, called the mayor's office, called the Ontario Public Works Department, and just started questioning, um, they would get shut down at every turn. This is the, the trouble: is that when you question authority, it you get you know you get shut down. It's no different than when you're a kid and you question a teacher. The teacher tells you to sit there and be quiet because they don't want to be judged or questioned. That what they say is is gospel. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with the the persons who are running our city, our towns. They themselves likely have very limited knowledge of say the water treatment process they have very limited knowledge they know they may or may not even know where the water treatment facilities are in their town they may have never been there they may have no idea how many filtering processes there are does it take out microplastics does it take out estrogen from everyone that's taking birth control from age 13 to 43 that is peeing into our water. Mm-hmm. Do we know that that is all being taken out? Do we know that all that grease and that oil and that spill off and that ground contamination and all of these things, do we know for sure 
that our processing is actually removing these things? We don't. Of course not. No. And we don't. If you ask questions, mm-hmm. you're rocking the boat. You're told to sit down, shut up, don't yeah. ask questions. Behave. This is the way things are. Yeah. This is the way things will continue to be. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Sit down, shut up, be quiet. Yeah. You're yeah. not doing that anymore. Right? No. And again, I, we, we talked a bit off mic about this, but I have had these convictions my entire life. I feel like I was born just different. Um and I have had one family member who I used to get into these kind of discussions with who's no longer here. And, you know, this isn't something you can just bring up at the dinner table because, first of all, people think you're whack. And the second thing, if they, if they don't think you're whack, but they think maybe, you know, okay, well, maybe, give her, give her the benefit of the doubt. They want to know your cited research. Okay, well, I can do that for you. And if that becomes an issue and if we have to add that in. But again, it's no different than comments on an online. If I make a comment on a post online and my comment is, you should really look closer at your uh, discovery of this. Or you should look a little closer at um, that point that you made. Because from my knowledge and research, you're off base there. Immediately that person and all the other online super trolls want to discredit the fact that I contradicted. And then they want to know all my research and citation. Mm. How about you go to the person who posted the incorrect information, ask them for their proof before they posted something that was untrue. Why do we naturally always go to the person who questions? I wish I knew. And it, I don't know, the whole adage of this squeaky wheel gets the grease, that's just not true in this case. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been a squeaky wheel in every avenue I've ever been in. What a surprise. (laughs) Um, From businesses to companies I've worked for, in my childhood, in school, in the church I grew up in, there was always my consistency was question. Don't believe everything you hear. Don't take everything at first at face value. And that didn't come from my parents. Both of my parents are blindly led by whatever they're told. And I'm an only child, so it's not like I got it from somewhere else. This purely is instinctual, cellular. Let's call it cellular. Mm-hmm. It's in there. Um and people over my lifetime have always said, you know, you should get into politics, you should do this, you're so... that I wouldn't make a difference in politics. Because in order to be in politics, you have to be a cog in the wheel. And I'm not. So as much as my belief structure is wacky to some people, um, and this constantly questioning and constantly challenging authority and constantly believing that I'm being duped someone is up to something there's always a second there's an ulterior motive for everything that would never ever ever sit well in a traditional democratic place which is why I've never thrown my hat in for politics Mm -hmm. which is why I left the corporate world because I don't fit in well because I'm a 
square peg in a round hole. Well, look how well now it's actually served you. And we'll, we'll call it, what, a conspiracy theorist, per se. <laughs> yeah. Of there's a lot of us. And as things play out, we're so on point that it is, it's scary, honestly. Like, yeah. (laughs) And that's the thing is, is the big they, I'm going to use the term Mm. they, but I mean like the big they, as in the, 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 the moguls, the giants of our world who we never know, we never get to meet, we never get to see, we never get to touch. We don't even know their names. No, they're just controlling everything. Like, who's the CEO of any large bank? Not a clue. I don't, I don't know. I could find out, but it's not on my register to find out. But I know that the banking system is corrupt, and that's all I really need to know. <laughs> so I don't need to go further than that. I know there's corruption. So it's the same. If, if, you know, if someone, uh, be it someone I'm talking to at a, at a group or a, a tea or a lunch, or if I'm at a, some kind of holistic thing and we're all discussing natural remedies, natural health, people who are in that vein of thinking, they're, you know, they're with it. They're like, oh yeah, like, absolutely. If you're, if you have any type of respiratory, you should be taking oil of oregano. You should be taking zinc. You should be, um, burning, um, mullen because mullen is a natural anti-inflammatory and it'll help reduce the, the mucous membranes from leaking out of your face. Okay. That's great. Cause I'm in light company. But as soon as I step out of that comfy circle and talk to someone who is completely like Dr. Pharma, Dr. Pharma, Dr. Pharma. You sound crazy. I sound flipping insane. Yeah. And this is where, going full circle back to where we started, this is why the naturopaths, the holistic healers, the the pharma, the the non-pharmacological people that make medicine, so the, you know, the healers, the people that make tinctures, the people that are doing like natural stuff with CBD, with hemp, um, the, with herbs out of your garden and making things so simple that it is natural for your body to take. It's natural for your system. No side effects or very limited side mm-hmm. effects. Some natural medicines, of course, have side effects. Um, but very rarely do they cause death or Suicidal Su- thoughts. Suicidal thoughts or rectal <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> right? Give me a break. Or, you know, you can't take while you're nursing or pregnant because your child will be deformed. Mm-hmm. Or your child could have some horrendous condition or, like, all these things. But again, just blindly. Like, it, it's we, we say this out loud like that and just bringing that heightened awareness to it of being like, People are still taking it, though. Like, there's yes. still such a, like, blindfold and, like, yep. horse blinders of just being like, it's okay, it's okay, everyone takes it, it's okay, yeah. it's okay. Like, oh my gosh. Well, like, over-the-counter pain medications. I will not name them all, because there's a bajillion. There's so many, yeah. But over-the-counter pain medications. Um, I have a massive beef. Um, and I know there was a huge thing with Tylenol recently where um, there was actually like a link towards uh, Tylenol, uh, excessive use of Tylenol. Not if you have a headache once a month and you just need to pop a a Tylenol Mm -hmm. once in a while. They're like, oh, I have a shoulder injury, so I eat 
Tylenols every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, someone close to me has a, has a, an issue, a horrendous issue with their upper back and neck. Eats ibuprofen like gum. Mm. Just horrific excesses amounts. And it's very concerning to me. However, there is no education behind these things. So people get in their mindset that, oh, well, I can buy it at the drugstore. I can buy it at a shopping store. I can buy it at any grocery outlet. I can buy it anywhere, corner, like on the corner in, in the, you know, the Circle K. I can get it anywhere. It has to be okay and safe for me to consume. Like you can buy cigarettes there too. Right. And yeah, and soda. (laughs) We'll circle back to that We ought to keep the soda going. But yeah, like these things have just become so mainstream and so commercially used and so overused that, you know, um, well, I wonder why your stomach is in shreds. Like, have you, you said person who I know, you said person who I know, have you drawn, have you drawn a line between the fact that you um, consume beyond the recommended daily dose, let's put it, for this any over-the-counter pain medication versus how your stomach feels at the end of the day or how your bowels are operating? Have you drawn any lines between A and B? And the answer, and I will tell you with certainty, is no. Of course. Of course not. There's no line there. They do not, they do not correlate the fact that Taking beyond the recommended daily dose, never mind the recommended daily dose, but the recommended monthly consumption allowance for said pill has any tie to how their rest of their system feels. Of course. Because they are blindly trusting. And I think there we should totally just wrap it here. Yeah. Until next time. This was so great. That was so great. (laughs) I love this. All right. Until next time, we will see you guys soon. You bet. Farewell, friends.